What's up, my friends? Welcome back to After the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. And guys, Colby Covington just ran through Tyron Woodley. And I think a lot of people kind of expected it to go down like that. But to see it once again that, you know, Tyron Woodley, now he's lost. What? How, how many straight rounds is that in a row? I mean, it was uh, 10 straight rounds. Now it's 14 and a half straight rounds. It's over an hour straight of octagon time that he's lost. It's it's crazy how brutal the fight game is, man. One day you're on top of the world defending your belt, making rap albums, uh, having songs with Wiz Khalifa. You got the TMZ gig. The next day, people are saying you should hang up the gloves. So we're going to get right into that. But before we do, today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Z's MMA. Check out this badass mug. So basically, this is the odds mug, and you can purchase it in the link in the description. And what's so cool about this uh, mug is that basically – this is like an odds converter at your fingertips. You guys see the percentages, um, the money line, plus the decimal. It's got the underdogs and the favorites. So shout out to my boy, Z's MMA, for hooking me up with this. Uh, I highly recommend y'all check this out. Again, the link is in the description. Now, the only thing I got to say, I'm going to talk a little shit. You know, uh, my boy's from Canada, so he spelled favorite with the U. You know, we spell it without the U, but bottom line, this cup right here, I mean, whether you're a gambler yourself, whether you know someone that gambles, this makes a good gift, and it's just badass to have. So you're going to see me drinking from this the entire show, the odds mug. Check it out in the link below. Pretty damn awesome tool. Now, guys, let's get right down to business because, uh, once again, that was an absolute clinic by Colby Covington, and it was one of those things where it's like you think going into it, or at least I thought going into it that – you know, Woodley's only chance to win the fight was to, you know, land a big overhand ride or to possibly get him in a guillotine. And the thing about it is the guillotine actually seemed like more of a likelihood than the overhand right because I don't know what the deal is, but it seems to me like that speed, that explosiveness is just not the same from Woodley. Like when he let his hands go, the, the two times he tried to throw hands, it just – isn't with the same ferocity it once was and there's nothing wrong with that he's 40 years old that's how the fight game goes man you know like i said one day you're on top of the world and oh shit did it just cut out but i'm not saying that he would have beat colby in the past but i think he would have probably beat gilbert dorino a couple of years ago so what i think is going to happen because everyone's talking about uh you know about Tyron retiring. I actually don't think he's going to retire. I think he's probably going to go to Bellator. You know, he's got a history with Strike Force. Um, he fought for the Strike Force belt against Nate Marcor. There was a fight against Nick Diaz that people wanted to see for a long time. And a lot of you guys were asking, like, what was Shaq and myself referring to on the show that, you know, he has to fight. He's got to make money. Listen, I'm not going to talk about his personal business, but if you go check out Colby Covington's uh, post-fight uh, press conference, he, he, he spilled the beans. So if you want to know exactly what we were referring to, he let out the news. And uh, basically, let's just say that shit is expensive. And that's the reason he's not going to hang up the gloves. He's going to keep fighting. He needs that paycheck. Now, as far as Colby Covington, let's talk about the winner here. I mean, this guy goes out there. He sets a serious pace. His output is on point. And he had the perfect game plan to go out there and beat a guy like Tyron Woodley, walk him down the entire time, stay in his face. Don't show him any respect whatsoever. And I think the most impressive thing for me, actually, because as you guys know that uh, 
Tyron Woolley's got really good takedown defense until his last uh, three fights, but he was always known for having, you know, I think the only person to take him down in the UFC up until the Kamaru fight was actually Rory McDonald. And besides that, his takedown defense was perfect. So for Colby to duck under and get that takedown in the first minute, I think that kind of broke Woodley's spirit right away. And then the fight was smooth sailing after that. And I'll be a hundred percent honest with you guys. Um, so I had a bet on Colby with Alexander Rockich, who actually fought Anthony Smith a couple weeks back. It was a two-team parlay. And uh, even though the fight was smooth sailing, it was easy work. There was never a minute of danger for Colby. I got to say I was really nervous just because, like, you know that a Colby Covington fight is probably going to last all 25 minutes. So I knew that there were 25 minutes for Woodley to land a guillotine or land that overhand right. So, man, I was sweating balls despite the fact that it was going to be a 50-44 or a 50-43. I don't know. I was really, really nervous. But, I mean, it was complete, total domination for Colby Covington. And, you know, I like the flying knees. I like the front kick. Uh, he did a lot of good stuff on the feet. And the fact that he was able to duck under so effortlessly and take Woodley down just speaks volumes to, you know, how advanced Colby Covington is in his all-around MMA game. And I also really like the fact that when his takedowns did get stuffed, it's not like he, you know, broke or got discouraged. He stayed focused and disciplined throughout the entire, what was it, 21, uh, you know, 22 minutes or however long the fight lasted. He stayed disciplined on the game the entire time. So that was really, really cool to see. Um, and, you know, again, despite what you think about him, you know, the antics and all that stuff, who cares? I mean, for me, it's really about the fight itself. And I thought that he showed that he's an elite guy. He's top three in the weight class right now. Um, and I think a, a title shot is definitely in his future. So I can't wait to see that. Now, as far as his uh, post-fight speech, you know, I, I didn't really want to talk about this because I feel like, you know, half the battle, this is an opportunity for you guys to escape from, you know, all the bullshit that's going on in the world and not have to think about anything politically related, whether it's from, you know, whether it's from T Wood's side or from Colby's side, you know, this is an escape. But regardless of where you stand on the whole issue, this is the first time in UFC history that the president of the United States calls a UFC fighter during a post-fight speech. So I actually thought that was a really cool moment. And uh, I heard some people were trying to discredit Colby's win, saying he didn't really finish him. Um, how can you say that? He absolutely finished him. He ran through him. And, you know, had Woodley not, you know, uh, verbally submitted, it would have been like a 50-43. So that was a pillar to post-destruction. You cannot take away from uh, Colby's win. He 100% finished Woodley. So I think what's next for him, I think there's only a couple options. You know, he, obviously he could fight the winner of Usman versus Burns. But also, I think that the uh, Jorge Masvidal fight would be a really big fight. You know, like he said, um, friends turn enemies and all that stuff. So I think that that's a really good fight that would sell. So I'm down for that. Obviously, Leon Edwards, you know, you could do that too. But I don't think that's as big of a fight. So there's a lot of different ways you can go with him. So I'm curious to see what they do. But like I told you guys, I think Woodley probably goes to Bellator. I don't think that he hangs up the gloves quite yet. Now, let's talk about the co-main event. Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Nico Price. So, I mean, look, uh, Nico Price won that fight, but the point deduction, so it was a draw. I thought that Nico Price got the first two rounds, and I thought that, you know, Cerrone got the last round. So there was that. But, man, you should that eye poke really, really cost him there. So it was just one of those things that it was just very, very unfortunate. But, man, he came after Cerrone as soon as the bell rang. And, uh, 
props to Cerrone for not going down early. You know what I mean? Because in the past, people have sworn him the second the bell rang, and um, he's gone down before. So the fact that that didn't happen here, props to him. He's so he's so damn tough. And then to come out and win that third round. And I also got to say that um, Nico Price's output, his last two fights, you know, against Vicente Luque and against uh, Cerrone, it's probably the highest it's been. I think it was probably more output these last two fights than his entire career combined. So, you know, he went from a guy that was known for these comeback finishes to now he's controlling fights from the second they begin. Not that he was controlling the Luque fight, but the approach is going to work on some other people for sure, like it did uh, against uh, Cerrone. I'm, I'm going to take out my headphones, man. But, uh, yeah, so I thought that uh, that was a really good performance by Price. It just sucks that, you know, he uh, had that eye poke. But I definitely thought he deserved the win. I kind of thought that uh, the 29-27 Cerrone card was a little bit off. Some people were actually coming at me and telling me that, no, Cerrone landed some more meaningful shots in the second round. I personally disagree. I thought that he uh, definitely got outstruck the first two rounds. So I definitely give those to Nico and the third one to Cerrone, but the point deduction. So 28, 28 makes sense. Uh, very, very good fight by both guys for Cerrone. You know, again, like we were talking about with Woodley, but it's different than with Woodley because Woodley won't even throw period. And it's not the same. It used to be. And, you know, you could say somewhat of the same thing for Cerrone, but like Cerrone still won a round in that fight. Cerrone still came after a very young, hungry guy in that third round and try to get him out of there. It's just, you know, those first two rounds, he kind of did have a little bit of trouble pulling the trigger. So I'd like to see Cerrone get a nice little send off fight, you know, put him in there with someone that he can go out there and win real quick. Who, who y'all got if uh, Cerrone fights Woodley? You, you think uh, he could get that one done? Cause Woodley just can't pull the trigger anymore, but there's a chance Woodley's done with the UFC. Like I said, I truly believe he's going to go with Scott Coker, you know, to revisit those strike force days. Uh, and I think that they can get him back on track there. Um, you know, quote unquote, and I, I'm not saying he's going to fight no Douglas Lima, but what I mean is like, you could give him like Eric Silva or, you know, one of these handpicked guys in Bellator that he could possibly beat. So I think it's going to be uh, something like that. But with Cowboy, let's let the legend go out on a win. He's a future hall of famer, most wins in UFC history, most finishes, most bonuses, most head kicks, it's most fights, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, uh, let's 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 let him go out on a win in 2021. And for Nico Price, keep climbing your way up the ladder, young man. You know what I mean? Uh, I love what I've been seeing from him. So, anyways, before I uh, talk about Hamza and Gerald, let me uh, let me answer some questions uh, about the about the main event and the co-main event. So let's see what y'all thought. So Johnny says, "Am I in the minority that thought Woodley wasn't that good to begin with?" No, I mean I've heard people say that before, but the thing is that. Because I also hear people saying that this is the same Woodley it's always been. I disagree because I thought that there was more speed, more explosiveness in his champ days and in his lead up to his champ days compared to now. Now he really can't pull the trigger. So basically, it's a decline version of what it used to be because now, I mean, he's always backed himself into the fence. That's nothing new. But now he won't throw, period. And when he does throw, it doesn't have that same ferocity. So even though you can make the argument that he was overrated because, I mean, that title run, a lot of people like – like I had to wake my boy Shaq up during that Maya fight and during the second uh, Wonder Boy fight. A lot of people thought that his championship fights were very underwhelming. It's just these last three fights are like, yo, Tyron, what's going on? I just think it's a case of him being 40 years old and, you know, father time is undefeated. I, I really think it's a case of that. Bart says, do you think if Woodley was winning the fight, he would have stopped with the same rib injury? Um, 
well, firstly, he wasn't anywhere near winning that fight. And no, I mean, I think he the x-ray came out. Uh, he popped his rib. I don't think he was faking any injuries. I think he was legitimately hurt. And, you know, he got stopped. You can't uh, take that away from uh, from Colby Covington. Gabe says, what's up, Dan? What's up, Gabe? How's it going, man? Teron, what's up, Teron? He says, what up? What up, Teron? My boy Z says he knew I would find the U in uh, favorites uh, controversial. Well, it is controversial, but I really appreciate the mug. And like I said, y'all, if you just tuned in, check this shit out. Your own little fucking odds converter at your fingertips. Uh, this thing is so badass. I can't wait to, you know, wake up and drink coffee, looking at this shit every day, you know, because my internet, like, dude, I was telling y'all, AT&T is trash, man. I mean, like, the slightest bit of rain and my internet goes out. So now I don't got to go to these odds converters. I can just look at this mug and know right away, you know. But uh, I, I feel like we should be memorizing these percentages. But in case you're not, this thing right here, great gift. I highly recommend it. So anyways, let's keep talking about this stuff real quick. So Bart says, what do you think about Chris Tyone letting two fights in two weeks keep going after finishes? Oh, man, what do I think? I'll tell you in a sec. So what I think is, man, uh, I think it's absolutely disgusting that the athletic commissions take zero accountability, zero responsibility. He's not on suspension. And look, this is nothing new because here in Atlanta – I've had some run-ins because you guys know I call the NFC fights, right? You know, I, I do commentary and I've had some run-ins with officials here. You know, they almost let some kid die here. He took like 25 to 30 unanswered shots. I take off my headphones. I run to the cage. This was like three years ago. I'm like, what the fuck, ref? You know, and I know that's really unprofessional. That's kind of when I first started the commentary gig. I'm never going to do that shit again. I learned from my mistakes, but like, you know, it's one of those things where they don't take any accountability. They actually hold it against you for questioning them, which is absolutely absurd, man. So, man, it's one of those things where they abuse their power. And uh, hopefully, hopefully one day they'll be held accountable. I heard Mark Ratner is working behind the scenes to kind of um, to kind of fix the situation. So I, I hope that's actually true. And Dirty Mexican says cut Tyone. Yeah. But again. I saw some people saying, why does the UFC have this guy as a ref? Guys, it's not the UFC. It's the athletic commission that you need to put the blame on. So just remember that. Tehran says, I believe Woodley should leave the UFC because Dana White doesn't like him. I mean, bro, who gives a fuck if Dana White likes him or not? Do you, th do you think that performance warranted a another title shot? He's not going to get another title shot because he's completely washed up. It doesn't matter if Dana likes him or not. I don't think... And the reason Dana doesn't like him, I mean, does anyone like him? He's very unlikable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, the guy is very, very cringy. And I really didn't want to get into his pre-fight press conference. But the only thing I'm going to say about it is this. It's like I completely understand where he's coming from. But it's like, dude, you have a platform to shed light, to, to bring attention to individuals that are going through shit. And I feel like he failed tremendously to do so. That's all I'm going to say about that. Like, dude, use your platform to spread the message and let people know about what's really going on. And he didn't do that. And the reason I bring that up to Ron is because a couple of years back when he fought Robbie Lawler in Atlanta, Georgia at UFC 201, when he won the belt, he did the exact same shit, except he had a different answer. Every single question they asked him, he answered with, I'm the greatest welterweight of all time. So, so Tyron, what do you think about this upcoming fight with Robbie Lawler? I'm the greatest welterweight of all time. So Tyron, what's your game plan against Robbie Lawler? I'm the greatest welterweight of all time. It's like, Tyron, no, you're not. GSP is. To say you're the greatest welterweight of all time is a slap in the face to George St. Pierre and to Matt Hughes, who both have more title defenses than Woodley. So again, Tyron, I don't think it's about Dana not liking him. Dana's given title shots to people he doesn't like before. It's just that when you when you lost 15 straight rounds and you show nothing, 
I mean, you're not in the conversation anymore, my man. I think that's what the deal is. Gabe says, how cool is it to have the president call on live? Again, like I said, we're not trying to get political here and div and divide people. Half the battle is about, you know, bringing people together. But, dude, that was a first, and it was cool as hell. No matter who the president is, no matter what side you're on, that was a first, and that was a moment in UFC history that I'll always remember. Teron also says, I really don't like Colby. I hope Jorge Masvidal smashes him in the octagon. Hey, look, if they fight, uh, I'll definitely say this. Although I would favor Colby, at least Jorge is a, is a warm body, if you know what I mean. Like, at least he's going to come there and fight. So there's definitely a chance, a better chance of Jorge to win than there was for Woodley. That's 100% sure. Let's see what else y'all got. Shark says he can't take away from Colby's legit finish. 100% agree. I mean, a verbal submission is a legit finish. There's no controversy in my eyes, so I don't know what the fuck some people are talking about. My boy Daniel Edwards says, luckily he hedged a Woodley bet with the fight not to go the distance. Why'd you bet on Woodley, though? <laughs> not not to be Mr. After the Fact. You know, I appreciate you being brave enough to admit that you you bet Woodley, so I'm not going to be Mr. After the Fact. But, like, was there something that you saw in his game that was going to translate to a victory here, or did you just let your emotions get the better of you because you don't like uh, Colby? Let me know. James C. says, Colby to win in round five paid plus 2,200. Nice. Uh, uh, big props to anything that to anyone that, uh, that cashed that. Gabe says Nico blew his wad 90 seconds in. Yeah, I was definitely, I mean, he definitely unloaded the clip. There's no doubt about that, man. Um, but I also felt like he won the second round too. So he, he was going out there trying to get that 90 second finish, you know, kind of like RDA did, kind of like Connor did. You know, he was trying to replicate that performance, but I still felt like he did really good in that second round. Third round, you know, he definitely lost, but it's just unfortunate about the eye poke, you know, but it's cool to see uh, Nico's attitude, man, how grateful he is just to, you know, share the cage with a guy he grew up watching and um, how humble he was and how much he looks up to Cerrone telling him, I want to be like you. Like, shit was pretty fucking awesome, man. And I wish, uh, you know, it, it's hard to say that, you know, you wish Cerrone would cheer up, but like, he's got a lot to be proud of, man. I mean, the, the shit he's accomplished in this sport. I mean, there's a guy that like, I was watching in high school in the WEC, you know what I mean? Like back when he was fighting James Krause, by the way, y'all got to watch that Cerrone versus James Krause fight. Insane one round fight. And uh, yeah, Cerrone, Cerrone is an absolute legend and a certified hall of famer. Tyler says surprised he didn't get another deduction in the third round. Oh yes. I, I don't quite remember. Was there another like eye poke or, Oh yeah, there was a double eye poke. Yeah. Listen, man, it happens sometimes. I don't think it was intentional at all, buddy. VCR repairman says it was very WWE post-fight show, especially with cowboy Nico backstage, like tag team wrestlers. Yeah. I, I liked it, man. It was a really cool moment. Dan says he thinks uh, Nico pulled a stunt. Ah, I guess. But like I said in the pre-fight, Nico's not really a guy I like to trust that shock, man. Nico's a guy that I like to take at underdog odds because he's known for those comeback finishes. But I really like the evolution in his game that he's coming out, throwing a lot more volume these last two fights. I feel like it's a big step in the right direction. And I feel like he's going to come back better from this. Rob says, great stuff playing Warzone the other night. That was a lot of fun, man. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, Tyler says, Woodley would probably drop Cerrone with one of the two overhands he landed on Colby. I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like it's got that same firepower. I know they say power is the last thing to go, but like back in the day when Woodley used to throw those shots, you'd be like, oh, shit. You know, like I wasn't saying, oh, shit, last night uh, when he was throwing those shots at Colby. It like didn't seem like anything. I, I know his head's completely out of the game and he's just uh, fighting for a paycheck, but like, You'd think the power would still be there, but it's like not. Nah, it's it's re it's really wild, man. I really 
I know there's a lot of things I do know about, but then there's, I think there's some shit I don't know about too, uh, going on. So I'm curious, like, cause you remember I said in my pre-fight show on half the battle about how, you know, his coach Dean was talking about how like, uh, he doesn't have that dog in him anymore. And that, again, that wasn't me or Shaq making shit up. That was Dean Thomas saying he doesn't have that dog in him anymore. You know, one day you're 25 and you want to rip everyone's throat out. The next day you wake up, you're 40 and you know, you just don't give a shit about this stuff anymore. So I, I think it was kind of a, you know, that kind of ordeal. So let's see. Rob says, was Woodley a victim of USADA? It's tough to say, man. I'll tell you who was a victim of USADA, uh, Mirsad Bektic. I mean, that dude, talk about losing muscle mass. I mean, he went from being, like, he's still lean, but, like, dude, he's skinny as fuck compared to how he used to be. And, like, uh, Mirsad Bektic is a stunt machine. It's <laughs> stunt after stunt after stunt. It's crazy. But uh, is Woodley... A USADA victim? I don't know, man. I think it's more so that he's 40, you know, because like he still got the big muscles, so it's not like he looked like significantly smaller. So I, I'm I'm gonna say no, he's not a USADA victim. I think he's just he got caught up in the lifestyle, he lost his passion for the sport, he's 40 years old, all the shit going on behind the scenes. Um I th- I think it's one of those things, man. Ryan says Cowboy would beat T Wood. He he'd definitely throw more than T Wood, I'll tell you that. It's just about if uh if he can stay standing, but like I said, man, that it's not the same power it once was. It's crazy how that works. <laughs> Casual with balls says Woodley drops Cowboy. Woodley is losing a top five competition. People comparing Woodley to Barrow are ignorant. I, I didn't, I didn't even think about that uh, comparison. Are they though? Are they ignorant? Because like, I guess the comparison would be that like he's a shell of of his former self. Um, and, cause like, let me say this, man, I, you're right. He is losing a top five guys, but it's like, it's not like he's showing anything in these fights. He's not fighting with any spirit whatsoever. There's not even like one moment in these fights that he's winning. He's getting destroyed bell to bell. So actually I disagree with you, man. I think the brow comparison might be, you know, I, I can see it actually. Cause he, he's fighting like a shell of himself, man. So I think that's all they mean when, when they say that. Rob says Woodley was a defeated man going into this fight. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> Dirty says Woodley got traffic tickets. No, he's got the other kind of the uh, the monthly payments type tickets. But uh, again, just listen to Colby's post-fight speech, and he lets you know what the deal is. Um, Teron says Dana doesn't like Tony Ferguson either. Why do you say that? Um, the, like, what, what what makes you think that? Let's see. Rob says, what fight was that where you ran into the cage? Um it was an amateur fight between Josh Mayer and this kid Nate. I forget what Nate's last name is, but it was like I didn't ran, I didn't run into the cage. I ran like you know to the cage, and I, yeah. But listen, man, there's been a lot of like shitty calls, and these guys don't take any accountability whatsoever. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, someone's got to say something. So I felt like on one hand I was standing up for what's right, but on the other hand, you know, I kind of crossed the line in terms of like i overstepped my my boundaries or my jurisdiction so it was a lesson learned i've never done that again and uh but yeah you know you learn lessons as you go it was my first you know couple of days on the job actually cody durden fought that night against uh justin scoggins brother jared scoggins it was a while back dan says i bet woodley because the price was great for a former champ with ko power yeah i, I, f- I feel what you're saying but 
the thing is, I, listen, I don't like to be Mr. After the fact, but I did bet uh, Colby just because I feel like watching 50 straight minutes and 10 straight rounds of, of Woodley being destroyed just shows that it's not the same guy anymore. Marcus, what's up, Marcus? He says, who would you like to see Johnny Walker fight next? Do you think the SBG gym will work out good for Walker? And by the way, check my boy out, the Nubian Bookstore, right here in ATL, Georgia, represent. We'll get to Johnny in a sec. Um, I will say this. We'll get to him in a sec. I know he's training with the best, uh, with the New York Times best-selling author John Kavanaugh. Um, for those saying back of the head, don't don't be bitter because Ryan Spann has been knocked out three times that exact way, that exact way on a takedown attempt with the Travis Brown elbows three times against Johnny Walker, against Carl Roberson, and then one time early in his career, like it was a twenty-second knockout. So, you know, to to call it a fluke or like you guys got to relax. Like that was legit and not even in those three fights that he got knocked out even in the alex nicholson fight and the sam alvey fight there were moments where he was in that exact same spot that is ryan span's weak spot on the takedown attempt i don't know why leaves his head on the outside gets knocked out a lot from there you could hear his coach safe Saud like get out of there ryan get out of there ryan because he already knew what time it was you know what i mean but johnny walker man ah it sucks my boy's chinny as hell right <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like He's got the power. He's got the flash. I like his personality. He's exciting to watch, but I don't know how much he can take. So it sucks. It, it, it sucks to see when you're so high on someone at one point and then you find out they're not the guy you thought they were. But listen, uh, I'm not I'm not above admitting I was wrong about Johnny Walker. It was what it was. You're not going to be right about everyone, you know. So let's see what else y'all got. It just did that thing where it scrolled me all the way down. So I got I got to scroll up. And I, how about this? How about we talk about Hamza Himayev? Man, so I, I get it. You know, people are saying, well, look who he's fought. You know, um, John Phillips was one and four in the UFC. Rice McKee, who went to a draw with Richie Smolin, and Gerald Mershart, who's been finished 11 times. The thing is, guys, it's not like Hamza Himayev, you know, edged a split against these guys or, you know, barely got past he destroyed these guys in a way where it was like yo let's move this guy to the top 10 right now and let's get him tested asap because when you look at the strike numbers and let me pull them up just so i know exactly what they are even though i know that the only person to land strikes on him was um was john phillips and he landed like two strikes aside from that no one's landed shit on him so basically he's outstruck his opponents like 87 to 2 <laughs> isn't that insane in three ufc fights so it's, it's time to get tested young man and, and fight some real competition because if you keep putting him in if you keep putting him in there with these non-ranked guys he's going to absolutely destroy them so i want to see him go in there you know with a top 10 guy and not a wash top 10 guy i mean don't get me wrong they want to give him the chris weidman fight just to build up his name a little more because you know what happens when you beat a former champion i'm cool with that but Let's give him a, a guy that's not on his way out, a guy that can actually test him, a guy that's hungry, a guy that wants to be there, a guy that's not broken before the fight starts, and then we'll really see what's up. So, yeah, and what I like about this kid, and look, obviously his wrestling style is like Habib. He'll take you down, tie your hand, tie your arm behind your back, pound you out. But now we see he's got that one-punch knockout power standing too, so very impressive stuff by uh, Hamzat Himayev. Daniel, uh, who bet on Woodley, says he still gained profit due to the hedge. Congrats, man. I'm, I'm happy you uh, walked away with a win. 
Jaron says, I don't believe none of Kobe's trash talk will get to Jorge. Uh, he seems like a mentally strong guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree, man. I, I don't think that the trash talk will. It's more so about will the pace of uh, Colby Covington get to him because you guys know that Jorge likes to back himself into the fence, right? And um, Colby's got an insane pace, dude. Like his pace is just ridiculous. His cardio. Remember Tyron Willie was calling him a cardio kickboxer going into this fight. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? If he's a cardio kickboxer, what does that make you a Tybo fighter? <laughs> you know, so it's more, actually he's more like a statue because he doesn't throw. Bart says Jorge is a journeyman. A journeyman that's ranked in the top five and just fought for a USC world title. So uh, I don't know. Let's see what else you got. Teron says, I believe Cerrone would kick Woodley's ass. Yeah, well, because he, he'll actually throw. You know, it's just one of those things. Chojo says, I thought Tyron would be motivated from the bad blood, but when he went to touch gloves, I knew it wasn't going to be his night. Dude, I was actually shocked that he went to touch gloves. But listen, he could be as motivated as he wants. If you don't have it anymore, you don't have it anymore. It's like, seeing Chuck Liddell motivated to fight Tito Ortiz the third time. When when the fight game has passed you by, you can't go back in time and, you know, reclaim, you know, regain your, your past form. That's just how this game works, guys. So that's why it's so important for me to to stay on top of what point a fighter's at in their in their career. You know, current form is so important to me when betting on fights. Bart says Cerrone versus Condit. Uh, I like the fight, but I think they train together. Um, so I, I made a tweet, and I guess I'll, I'll reveal some, you know, some little insider news for y'all. So I made a tweet about how, because you know, Condit's fighting Court McGee next week, right? And I made a tweet about how, like, well, both Condit and Court McGee uh, turned down uh, up and comer. That up and comer is Phil Rowe, who um, is 0 0 in the UFC, one on contender series, about to make his UFC debut soon. Both Condit and McGee turned him down. Interesting, right? Durday says, what did Colby say at the presser about Woodley? You're going to have to check it out, man. He spilled the beans. He Basically, what me and Shaq were alluding to this entire time, because everyone was leaving us comments like, what do you guys know that we don't know? Um, go go listen to that presser. He let you know, uh, basically, um, why, why, why Woodley's still fighting. Um, so go check that out. Joel Armstrong says, power equals force times velocity. Force is still there. Velocity isn't. Fast twitch guys age poorly. Those fibers are the first thing to go. My boy giving me a physics lesson. I appreciate that. You know, that's a very good point. But I don't know if the force is still there, man. It's like, I, I agree with you. The, the velocity sure as hell isn't. But it's like, even when he lands on these guys, it just doesn't have the same impact. So, and also it's, it's oh yeah, the velocity, you know, it's a lot slower. So velocity, you're 100% right about that. But I don't know. It just doesn't seem the same, man. Because like, even like, okay, let's look at like Dan Hendo in his retirement fight against Michael Bisbing. He still dropped him like twice. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's kind of it's just kind of a weird thing. So basically, I'll, what I'll when I'll really know Joel is when he goes to Bellator and he fights like Eric Silva or like you know one of these guys that are nowhere near his level or allegedly nowhere near his level. If he can't drop those guys, then then we'll know for sure, right? Teron says Dana has constantly screwed Ferguson. How so? I mean, like, uh, didn't didn't he pull out of the Habib fight? I know they both pulled out of that fight. I mean, look, man, at, at the end of the day, you just got to keep winning fights. He lost the Gaethje fight. I love Ferguson. I'm not talking any shit. I'm just telling you how the business works. If he would have be uh, Gaethje, he'd be fighting Habib right now, but he didn't. So it's like, like, how is that Dana's fault? You know what I mean? 
Casual says, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm too focused on his record instead of his shit fighting. I know. That's why you got to watch the tape and see what their current form is. Fuck the record. You can wiki cap all day and it won't tell you shit. You got to see what they actually look like going into the fight. And I know some people uh, don't like watching interviews and they say certain things. Oh, interviews don't tell you shit. I disagree. Interviews tell you a lot. Interviews tell you about the state of mind the fighters in. And, um, you know, you can learn about what kind of camp they had and just about their mindset, which is really important going into a fight. Because, you know, the famous quote about how fighting is 90% mental, right? So I think it's really important to, to try to gain any advantage you can and find out as much information as you can. Path said, Colby didn't even get Usman's sloppy seconds. He got his sloppy thirds. People act like Colby beat Woodley while he was on a seven-fight win streak. I mean, it sounds to me like uh, you're discrediting uh, Colby's win. I mean, like, yeah, okay, you're right. Usman and Burns destroyed him first. But, like, was there something more you wanted to see from Colby? Like, he destroyed him accordingly, and you finished him. I don't, I don't know what else you wanted to see. He did his job, so I don't really see what the big deal is, man. Uh, Chojo says, Johnny Walker got that Arlovsky chin. Man, his chin. Ah, oh, if he just had a chin, right? The thing is, Arlovsky, like, he went from, like, being knocked out a bunch of fights in a row. Then he, like, wins some fights, and then he doesn't get knocked out for a couple years. Arlovsky's crazy. He's like a cat with like nine lives or some shit. You know what I mean? Gabe says Johnny Walker versus Alexander Gustafsson. Dude, you're one of the first people who I would actually say maybe you could be the matchmaker because like I see some of these guys writing their articles about fights to make and I'm like, thank God you're not the fucking matchmaker. But Gabe, I like that suggestion a lot actually. And I might uh, actually bet on Johnny in that fight because when you talk about being done, Alexander Gustafsson is completely done. I mean, he already retired once. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Joel agrees with me uh, that Gustafsson is done. But, dude, I, I like that suggestion a lot just because, you know, you know, I got to look out for Johnny Walker. Uh, very good personality. When he finishes fights, it's super exciting to watch. So that would be a very good win for his career because, you know, Gustafsson's got the history in the company, the great fight with John Jones the first time, not the second time. And, you know, he had a great fight with DC, too. Always fell short, but he's always had these good fights. So that would be a nice spot to uh, to just get him a big-name win and, you know, get him up there. Gabe says, Shemaya versus Brad, uh, prospect tester Tavares. Okay, now this one I disagree with, and I'll tell you why, man. I get where you're coming from, and uh, maybe a year or two ago I'd like that fight. But, dude, Brad, and no disrespect, Brad's very exciting. He's solid. I like him brad's wash my guy um that easy fight i know it's easy but like five rounds of destruction and then the fight with edmund shabazi and like it wouldn't be much of a test you know what i mean so i actually do want to see him get tested i don't kenshiro ryu dojo says hamzat dern holland colby parlay easy money Congrats on the win, my guy. We'll talk about Holland soon. I got a lot to say about Holland because I cashed in on Holland too, and people were saying I got lucky. Um, I thought Holland clearly won the first two rounds. Yeah, you lost the third round, but losing the third round doesn't mean you lost the first two. And real quick, so I bet on Holland because, you know, I thought, hey, he's going to out-volume this guy, which he did. Let me check the numbers real quick. And also, uh, yeah, 74 to 57. And let, let's see the round-by-round -round numbers real quick. So... Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. Firstly, Darren Stewart hits like a truck. We already know that. So round one, Holland outstruck him 33 to 17. Round two, outstruck him 31 to 28. 
and round three got outstruck 12 to 10. And I'll also say this in round three, um, Kevin Holland had a nice Kimura attempt and he might've actually finished the fight, but you know, Hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, but you know, Darren Stewart, he put his toes in the fence and got that sweep, which, uh, to quote Dana White, that's fucking illegal. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, uh, Ed Herman did the same shit, uh, on Mike Rodriguez, he he put his toes in the fence. The only difference was that Darren Stewart was defending the sub, whereas Ed Herman was attacking with the sub. But like, to everyone that tell, that's telling me I got lucky on Holland, did I really get lucky on Holland though? I thought Holland won the first two rounds pretty damn clearly. Like, okay, did Holland look like how I expected him to look? No, he came in there with two knee braces. So as soon as I saw him in there with two knee braces, I was like, oh fuck, he's injured. And that's one of those things you can't cap. You don't know what kind of injuries your guys dealing with, unless you're close with them. And you know, you're, you got inside info on the camp, which I don't have with Holland. I do not know Holland personally. I mean, I, I'm friends with some people that have the same management as him, but that's not close enough to the situation in terms of like training. I don't know anyone that trains with him or anything like that. So, you know, I didn't have any inside info in terms of like his injuries. So when he walks into the cage with two knee braces, I was like, Oh fuck, my guy's injured. And then you saw the kind of ferocity Darren Stewart was throwing with, but still, Kevin Holland won those first two rounds. I mean, he outstruck him the first two rounds, and uh, I thought he landed the better shots. But the third round, you give to Darren Stewart. That's 29-28. So how exactly uh, is that luck that Holland won? Holland, Holland won that fight, 29-28. Uh, and you're not going to change my mind on that. Daniel says he won threefold on Minner. Stoppage, sub, and outright. Let's cash these bets. Nice. That is very, very good work. Because, like, look, I know Laramie's never been subbed before. But like, I low key did think he was kind of a, kind of a bit of a hype train, and and I know it's easy to be Mister After the Fact and all that. But like, I liked his Contender Series fight, but like, even prior to that, I wasn't that impressed with his TKO fights and you know the the Canadian Regional Show. I gotta say, um, you know, some of the fighters from that scene are, are a bit suspect. No offense to my Canadian friends. Uh, this weekend, Hakeem Duwadu, my my. Uh, might, might change that. And I know Tanner Bozer is doing his thing. Those two are really good. But some of these other guys have been uh, a bit shaky. So I don't know. We'll see where he goes. He's kind of tiny for the weight class. He might need to drop one more. It's just he's kind of thick, so I don't know if he can. So it'll be interesting. But Minner, we knew that going into the fight, first-round sub or bust, he got that first-round sub. And I saw people saying, why did uh, TJ Laramie shoot on him? TJ Laramie didn't shoot on him. TJ Laramie pinned him up against the fence. And then Derek Minner uh, jumped guillotine. And pulled guard with it. That was really nicely done. You guys saw the way he cupped that chin. Beautifully executed guillotine by Derek Minner there. Bar says GM3 should retire. He's been knocked down under a minute and 30 seconds twice in a row. Uh, I don't think he should retire. I just think, you know, just take uh, different kinds of fights. I think I think he could have fought Hamza Himayev two years ago, and he still would have lost. So he just took really tough matchups for him, man. I, I still think there's some fights he can win. Um, but, yeah, obviously – not in the top 20 so he just needs to fight guys you know that are in the top 30 or top 50 or something like that chojo says he did not expect that out of hamza yeah i mean look i thought he was gonna win the fight but the way he won the fight holy shit man all right let's see what else y'all got for me bar says he wants to see Himaya versus vicente luque i'm down with that why not see vicente luque is a real vicente luque is a real test so i'm down with that Kenshiro Ryu Dojo says Hamza spent his own money to fly to Ireland to confront Connor. That's legit crazy, man. Is that true or are you making that up? I don't know if that's true. 
Damien Maya, please run and take as much roids as you can for your last fight with Hamza. <laughs> I think uh, Damien's probably not going to take that fight. Doesn't make sense at this point. BCR Repairman says, Himayev is a nice guy. He bought me a cheeseburger. Nice. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you got the win there, man. Teron says, Himayev versus Colby Covington would be good. I agree. It would be very, very good, actually. It's just um, Himayev's got to work his way up to that point. I know he's been doing his thing. He deserves a top 10 guy. But when you talk top five, we, we got to work out. We got to beat one ranked guy before we get to the top five. But I do like that fight stylistically. Great fight. All right, Troy wants to know what's next for Nico. Good question. Let me look uh, who's on the roster. There's a lot of fights you can do with Nico Price. All right, welterweight. We'll see who's on the. Let's see who's on the roster. All right, let's see what Nico Price's record is. So Nico Price is currently. Hold up. All right, he's six four and one in the UFC. So let's see if there's anyone with a similar record that could have a fun fight with him. Uh, Keenan Song is four and one. You could you could do that. The Muslim Salikov fight. Oh yeah, they were, weren't they supposed to fight him and Muslim Salikov? What about Nico Price versus Muslim Salikov? You know those two are gonna bang until one man falls. I like that fight a lot. Let's see what else there is. Um, Dwight Grant is a fun fight. Um, there's a lot of things you can do, man. So yeah, I like Dwight Grant or Muslim Salikov. Oh, what about Mike Perry? You could do uh, Nico Price versus Mike Perry, or you could do my boy Bilal Muhammad versus Nico Price. So there's a lot of options, Troy, of what you can do with Nico. So very good question, man. Dirty says, you leave Chris Weidman out of this DL. I know, right? <laughs> That's funny as hell. Someone's going to have to get that win, though, you know, because uh, someone's going to have to go out there and get that name on their record. All right, let's see. Ron Don says, Walker got away with 10 straight shots to the back of the head. Uh, it is what it is, man. I mean, listen, Ryan Spann's been knocked out on a takedown attempt three times. So to me, if the ref didn't see it, I mean, listen, if Ryan Spann had never been knocked out on a takedown attempt, then maybe I'd, but dude, it was side of the head. Maybe a couple were back of the head, but like Ryan Spann's got no one to blame but himself for that shit. I mean, you dropped him twice, you got in full mount, and you still lost in your position that you always lose in. So like, don't sit here and blame Johnny Walker. Blame Ryan Spann. Like, sorry you lost a bet on Ryan Spann, but, like, if you watch the tape on Spann, you see that when he goes for those takedown attempts, he gets knocked out a lot. Not once, not twice, thrice. And in fights that he's won before, like I said, the Alex Nicholson fight and the Sam Alvey fight, he's been in that same position, and you hear his coach screaming, get out of there, Ryan, because they know that's his bad spot. So Ryan's got to address that shit going forward, man. Let's see what else y'all got. Teron says, I see Hamayev has hands. I thought he was just another Habib guy who would hold you down. Nah, man, he's well-rounded. But but let, let me let me say something about Habib, though. Don't 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 shit on my boy Habib stand-up. Habib dropped Conor McGregor. Habib put a jab clinic on Ally Kenta. So uh, Habib's got stand-up too, my guy. Habib was out there throwing flying knees against Edson Barboza and Rafael Dos Anjos. So don't don't sleep on Habib stand-up just because he's so dominant in the grappling. Ryan says Nico and Cowboy want to run it back. I mean, it's true that they want to run it back, but they, they don't make those calls. And the bottom line is that Cowboy said he's not coming back until 2021. And I'm sure Nico wants to get another fight in before the year's over. So I would actually be very surprised if they ran it back. Um, I, I don't see that happening. 
Um, <laughs> Ken Shearer says, I bet you Jan will beat better Reyes, a.k.a. Crybaby Reyes. Man, I didn't want to say anything about that, but like, I do think he's being counted out, and I did not like how Reyes handled that John Jones fight afterwards. He's like, dude, yeah, you won the first two rounds, but then you coasted the last three, and John Jones won those last three. So, And then you cried robbery. So, yeah, that shit kind of rubbed me the wrong way, too. I felt like he should have been like, you know what? Props to John. He, you know, he... He showed his championship heart and spirit. I'll be back better. Instead, he tried to do the whole I got robbed shit. Yeah, it didn't really sit right with me, but this is a different fight against against Jan Blachowicz, so we'll see. I definitely think Reyes should be favored. To this extent, different story, so we'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's see what else y'all got. Ron Don says, I bet on Walker, but he got away with some dirty strikes. The ref was warning another fighter before that stoppage. Uh, strikes to the back of the head. I mean, like I said, dude, how many times I got to repeat myself? Ryan Spann has been knocked out in that exact position three times. So I ain't going to sit here and blame. Uh, I was about to call him Travis Brown because he got the Travis Brown elbows. I ain't about to sit here and blame Johnny Walker for nothing. I mean, if the ref didn't call it, it is what it is. But again, it's like it's like getting mad at like uh, who who's a really chinny guy. It's like getting mad at Chris Weidman for getting knocked out. It's like getting mad at. Uh, you know, someone that's got no chin for getting knocked out. It's like getting mad at Woodley for not pulling the trigger. Like, this is what these guys do. When Ryan Spann goes for that takedown attempt, he's always vulnerable. He always will be vulnerable. I don't know why. So it is what it is. All right. Dirty Mexican says, before you go, can Nam get some love for sleeping quality opponents for almost a decade? Hell yeah, you can. Tyson Nam. God damn. Is he not the hardest hitting flyweight besides uh, Davis and Dice Dugea Figueredo? I mean... Tyson, damn, you guys remember back in the day, he knocked out uh, Eduardo Dantas, the former Bellator champion, knocked out uh, Ali Bagotina, former UFC number one contender. The Zaruk Adeshev launched him. And then, you know, when he went out there against uh, that kid, Jerome Rivera, goddamn, slept him, man. Uh, Tyson, damn, it's good to see him get his feet wet in the UFC and finally start to feel comfortable, get two wins in a row. Because I don't know if you guys remember, he was actually supposed to come to the UFC a very long time ago. But one of the organizations he was fighting in, I don't remember which one. I got to go back and look it up. They kind of fucked him over on a contract dispute. And they kind of like almost held him, held him hostage and didn't let him leave. So he wanted to be in the UFC actually long ass time ago. So this is, this is a long time coming for Tyson Nam to come out here and get these finishes, man. So I'm so happy for that guy. Uh, he's he's a real beast. Let me see who else I, I haven't talked about yet. Uh, Mackenzie Dern and Randa Marcos. Okay, so the outcome of Mackenzie Dern submitting Randa Marcos is not a surprise. But what is a surprise is like the stunt Randa pulled. I mean, it's like you know that her one chance to win is to submit you. And she slips on a kick attempt, and you follow her to the ground. Randa Marcos has got no one to blame but herself. But in terms of Mackenzie Dern, beautiful armbar attempt or finish, beautiful armbar, the adjustments. I mean, Randa tried to get out of there, and uh, man, Mackenzie, she's lethal on that mat, man. So to not mess with a Mackenzie on the mat is pretty much uh, what I think about that. It was. Uh, Gabe says, "What was my live reaction?" Marcos willingly went to the ground with Dern. It's funny, I actually. Uh, was walking my dogs um and then i come back and she had already got submitted that's how fast the fight went um but i saw the replay and i was like shocked that she followed her to the mat like that um because even like in the carlos barza fight like she kind of tried to do like kind of a, a jab type game plan i thought she was going to try to do that here keep it standing so i was uh i was very very shocked uh 
that she followed her to her guard like that. So, yeah. All right, let's see who else fought on the card. Oh, how can I not talk about Myra Bueno Silva, who I had a bet on? So Myra Bueno Silva came through for me. Uh, I was very, very happy about that. Uh, I thought it was going to be a first-round knockout. Turns out it was a first-round submission. So that was really, really badass to see. I mean, Morella Barella does not belong in the UFC. Interestingly enough, she's landed a takedown in all seven of her UFC fights. She even landed a takedown here. But, man, uh, it was funny. And she actually got the better of the stand-up exchanges. I was really shocked by that. But I think it was just because Myra had zero respect for her. I mean, Romero Barella is kind of viewed as a joke in that weight class. And Myra thought it was going to be this cakewalk. And it was a first-round finish, you know what I mean? But I think she thought she was just going to throw one punch and knock her out real quick and be on her way. But she got taken down, you know, went for a triangle and then switched to the arm bar. Beautiful job. First-round finish. Easy work. I wish uh, Barella had a little more resistance so I could fade her in next fight. Turns out I'm going to have to do that in Invicta. It just sucks because you know, the limits are really low for Invicta. So if you want to get some real action down, you got to do it uh, in a UFC fight. So hopefully they keep her around and I can fade her against some other upcoming prospect, but I highly doubt that four losses in a row, two first round finishes in a row, three stoppage losses in a row. It's over, bro. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got. So I'll tell you which fight I was wrong about. Uh, David Dvorak versus Jordan Espinoza. So I thought going into this fight, that Jordan Espinoza was going to be able to use his speed and outland a guy like David Dvorak because you know, he's a much faster guy. But props to the IQ of David Dvorak. That was so impressive that he knew the way to slow down a guy like Jordan Espinoza is immediately attack that calf. And that speaks volumes to how smart David Dvorak is. You know, as a former chess champion, I was like really, really impressed with that fight IQ because he he turned the fight into an even playing field. Like Jordan Espinosa has got this big speed advantage and um, Dvorak immediately slowed him down with those calf kicks and turned it into his fight. So I was like, I was like, damn, that's really, really impressive by Dvorak. I want to see him in there with, uh, with uh, Paiva, my, my other flyweight prospect. You know, I know Paiva's coming off of ACL surgery, so give him time. I'm sure Dvorak will probably fight someone else in the meantime, but when Paiva comes back, Let's see Paiva and Dvorak. You guys like that fight? I like that fight. Kanchiro says Silva was an easy pick. Yeah, easy money. My guy it was minus 250. Should have been minus uh, 1250, you know? Marcus says, I would like to see Dern versus Angela Hill. Who would you favor in that fight? That's a really good fight. Um, so three rounds or five, you know, because five rounds gives Dern more opportunity to finish the fight. I think Angela Hill would bust her up standing for sure. It's just... It would only take one submission attempt for Dern to finish that fight. So I would line it pretty close, maybe slight favorite to Angela Hill because of the experience. But like, dude, I don't know. You can make the case for Dern being favored too because I think she probably wins that fight by submission. So I'm not sure. Ryan Barton says, what a stunt by Mara Barella. Armbar wasn't even extended. Yeah, but I think it was a case, man, where she got armbar her last fight and she actually got really hurt by Courtney Casey. And had she not tapped here, she would have got her arm broke again. So I, I think she made the right call tapping. You know, I don't think it was a stun. I think that she was fucked no matter what. I think she was going to get first round finish no matter what. So that, that's what Mara Romero Barella does. I appreciate her making it so easy and sweat free for me. Daniel says Mara Varela exceeding our lack of expectations for her. I know, right? She landed some shots standing. That was that was more than I thought. And Shira says Dvorak beat Journeyman Espinosa easily, like I thought. Hey, you called it right, man. I don't think he's a journeyman. I thought that uh, 
that's more credit to Dvorak, man. I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from Dvorak's performance. I feel like calling Espinoza a journeyman is taking away from Dvorak's performance. And I was blown away by the fight IQ by Dvorak. So I ain't going to discredit him. And I think actually Espinoza will win some UFC fights. All right. Bart says, what do you think about Randy Costa? Uh, what do you, what do I think about his future in the division? Yeah, look, the kid's six and one. I think that for a six and one guy, he's a fucking stud. You don't often see people like that with, you know, as little fights as he's had, 10 or less fights, um, you know, seven pro fights that uh, he's going out here, highlight reeling dudes. And even in the one loss, which was in Atlanta, Georgia versus uh, Brandon Davis, I think that uh, he put on a hell of a fight, a hell of a show. I think he's a guy that's going to win a lot of bonuses. He's going to get a lot of knockouts. Um, he's going to be a killer or, or be killed type guy. And that's what the fans love to see. So I'm all for watching uh, Randy Costa fight. Very, very exciting guy. And I can't wait to see what's next for him. I mean, should we go ahead and match him up right now? Let me see who's in this division. All right, so he's two and one right now in the UFC. There's a kid named Mario Bautista who's also two and one, both coming off knockouts. You could see that fight, Randy Costa versus Mario Bautista. Um, there's this kid, Cole Smith, who just lost to Hunter Azure. I think that, that's another fight. You know, um, it's uh, Randy Costa six and one versus Cole Smith, who's uh, seven and two, I believe. Um, he lost two in a row, right? Yeah, he lost to Miles John and Hunter Azure. So you can see a fight like that. Um, there's this kid, Gabriel Silva, Eric Silva's little bro. You could see Randy Costa in there with him. It's just basically a thing where you got to match him up with fellow inexperienced guys. We don't want to rush him up too much. Like Tehran's trying to rush him up. Randy Costa versus Sean O'Malley would be good. Yeah, it'd be fun, but like Sean only lost to Cheeto Vera, who's a top 15 guy. Like, I don't want to rush Randy Costa quite yet. I want to put him in there with like Hunter Azure, you know, these guys that have had 10 or less pro fights and take it from there. I think down the line, he can definitely compete with these guys, but you don't want to rush it yet. You know, like I said, he's only had seven pro fights. He's just a kid. Let's take, let's take it slow. He's got potential. So I don't want to, you know, bust his hype train yet. You know what I mean? Real quick, everybody give me a like right now. And if you're not subscribed to this channel, what the hell are you waiting for? Subscribe right now to Half the Battle. Give me a like. I really, truly, truly appreciate it. All right, we got to talk about Jessica Rose Clark. Beautiful job. Muay Thai clinic. Um, you know, I don't want to overlook the performance by talking about how terrible Chris Tyone is. You know, two weeks in a row, this referee's blundering everything. I mean, and it's crazy. It's against the fence again, a stoppage against the fence, and he tries to call it an illegal strike. It's uh, It's insane, man. Ken Shiro says, I gave you a like as soon as I got here, my guy. You see, th this is a guy I fuck with right here. My boy Kenshiro Ryu Dojo. I truly appreciate that, man. You should all be like my boy Kenshiro. Give me a like right now. I truly appreciate that. Bar says, what do you think about Dawson being cut? I don't think he got cut. I think they just didn't uh, re-sign re his contract. There's a big difference. Um, you know, Dawson's boring as hell. <laughs> you know, no one likes watching Dawson fight. Um, on one hand, I'm kind of bummed because I love betting on prospects against Dodson, like Marab and stuff. Uh, you know, especially since Dodson's on his way out, but Dodson is a very underwhelming guy to watch. I mean, he just runs away the whole time, complains about low blows. I'm not a Dodson fan, as you can tell. So I don't got an issue with it aside from, I won't get to fade him anymore in the UFC, but maybe I can fade him in Bellator, you know? Bart says, Andre Ull got the win. Clearly, what was that one judge seeing? Okay, good question. Good question. So Andre definitely got the win in my eyes for sure. 
it was just a thing where the first and third round were kind of close. You know, uh, Erwin Rivera did land some good shots. He, you know, maybe ended like one of the rounds on top, um, just had some good moments. So like a judge that's not fully paying attention because you know how these fucking judges are, Bart. These guys are on their cell phones. These guys are doing the whole bit. He might have been, you know, looking at his phone, texting the entire fight. Then he looks up and Irwin's on top landing elbows. So the first and third round, Irwin had some moments. But yeah, I think Andre Uhl clearly won that fight for sure. Troy says, what's next for Brian Kelleher? He called out Pedro Munoz and Pedro's coming off a loss. So why not? Let's see it, man. All right, let's see what what other fights we got. Oh, stun of the night, Mirsad Bektik. Man, so I don't understand, and again, not to be Mr. After the Fact, but I don't understand how people were out here saying Mirsad Bektik was a future world champion and all this shit, man. Like, I could tell in his UFC debut versus Chas Kelly that he wasn't a future world champion. That was back when he was on the uh, – on the the Flintstone vitamins, you know what I mean. Um, not to make any accusations, but like ever since the drug testing started, the dude's significantly gotten smaller. So, <clears throat> and he's been pulling more stunts. Now I know the record officially says he beat Chaskelly by decision, but you watch that fight. I mean, he got knocked out in the second round. That was before they had that rule change um, with a downed opponent. So if that happened in today's UFC, that's a second round KO for Chaskelly. And in my eyes. It is a second-round KO. Chaskelly knocked him out. I mean, he went unconscious. He got knocked out in the second round by Chaskelly. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. So in my eyes, Chaskelly was uh, the first round, the first one to expose him. Then you had Darren Elkins knock him out too. Then you had Josh Emmett do it. And now you got Damon Jackson coming out here and uh, guillotining him. So um, so Bart says, would I give uh, Mirsad another UFC fight? I don't know. That's three losses in a row. He's not really a draw. Keeps pulling stunts. I don't really see the point, you know? So if it was me, no. But maybe they give him one more. But I think it was a hype job that got completely derailed. So I would personally uh, release uh, Bektich. And that's no disrespect. You know, it's not because I want to see someone lose their job. I'm not that guy at all. You know, I don't I don't take pleasure in seeing people lose jobs. That's not even what I'm trying to say. It's just that you got to make uh, room on the roster for these up-and-coming fighters. And by doing that, you got to release some people. And has Mirsad shown you guys anything that proves that he's going to be making big improvements or that he's going to climb the rankings? Not to me. So I say, I say get rid of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bernardo Oliveira Apostas. What's up, my bro? He says Colby striking is now better than Usman's. Um, listen, man, when they fought, it was pretty even um until the end. Um, uh, and there were a couple questionable moments, you know, like a body shot that got called a low blow, a face strike that got called an eye poke, you know, stuff like that. So I, I gotta see them run it back, is all I gotta say, man. <laughs> Dirty Mexican says, John, we'd love to have him in the NFC Dodson. I know, right? You know, uh you know, test out, test out our up and coming prospects. The only thing is like our up and coming prospects are getting signed in the UFC. Now, like dirt and Cody Durden was, was our top flyweight prospect. He just got signed in the UFC. So, uh, let, let, let's send him to Bellator and they don't have a flyweight division there, but they got Bantamweight. So let's send him to Bellator, you know, let him, let him test some guys out there. You know, if John Dodson, he's almost 40 years old. If he, if he's sick of cutting weight and he wants to go up to 45, we can let my boy Emmanuel Sanchez get an easy win over a former number one contender. So there's a lot of guys that would love to feast on uh, John Dodson and uh, you know get that name under their resume. Troy says, keep your eye out for uh, Nick. Uh, how the fuck do you pronounce that name? PC Nini. He came up and uh, he's D1, All-American from OSU. He trained with Aljo for a little less uh, 
for a little than DC recruited him. He's a 125er and he trained with DC last fight. Yeah, let uh let him beat Dotson. You know what I mean? Let Nick uh Nick P uh beat Dotson, you know? I'll definitely keep my eye out, Troy. Kanchir says, so where did that hyped can uh Macy where's where did uh Macy Barber go? She's been hiding. Um, my boy James Lynch did an interview with her. You should check it out. Uh, I wrote up the article, I transcribed it. You should check that out. Oh yeah, but look, Macy had an injury in that Roxanne fight. You know those ACLs take time to recover, so she, I'm sure she'll be back like next year. Daniel says that Bectic stunt happened both slowly and suddenly. It was weird. You began to forecast the ending of the movie. Yeah, I know. Look, like Dan, it was one of those things, man, where like, you know, Damon Jackson kept going for the guillotine over and over, and it was deep a couple times. But then in that third round, man, he got that shit locked in, and when he was able to sweep to mount, you could hear his coach Safe Saud once again being like. All right, Damon, now finish the fight. And that's exactly what he did. I actually thought in that moment, man, that he was actually going to let go of the guillotine and start smashing him with elbows. But the fact that he's so confident in that finishing move was really awesome to see. He truly trust uh, his grip on that guillotine. And he got the tap. So that, that was really, really badass. Tron says, is Paul Felder done with fighting? Um, he does more commentary than fighting. Well, I mean, don't you remember after the hooker fight, he retired, right? So um, I, I think he'll come back... Uh, with the right fight you know what i mean um so it's got to be the right fight to get a guy like paul uh, motivated because you know he's got the commentary gig he's got financial security now and uh when you already talk about retirement that means it's gonna take a a special fight to you know make him wake up out of bed and want to cut the weight to 55 i know felder's got a brutal cut so yeah Ber bernardo says did i see some evolution in walker's game um okay so great question man fantastic question um so i will say this i was like boy johnny i was like para bends johnny you know what i mean i know my boy bernardo knows what i'm talking about but look i think it was a situation where his chin obviously ain't improving he still can't take a punch but what i did like was this in that first round ryan span took him down and johnny got up right away so the get up game that was a sign of evolution so that was one positive thing i can say about uh johnny walker that he got back up because you watch that nikita krilov fight and he didn't get up. You know what I mean? He got a sweep in the third round, but like he got held down for the majority of that fight. So the fact that he was able to get up here, I think that was a step in the right direction, Bernardo. So yeah, I, I would say I saw a little bit of evolution despite him getting dropped twice. All right, let's see. Path says, Colby discredited Usman's wins versus RDA Maya because it was his sloppy seconds. Now he beat Usman's sloppy thirds. Uh, like I said, man, I think you got an issue with Colby. I can tell it by your tone. Uh, it is what it is. The bottom line, the beautiful thing about this sport, Paths, is that uh, they're going to get to fight and they're going to get to figure it out who the better man is. So don't don't even don't don't even stress yourself out worrying about sloppy seconds and thirds and you know who's discrediting who's win. Look, they're going to talk their shit. They're going to get their fight and they're going to and we're going to find out who the better man is when they step in there. So that's all that matters, man. And if you're a betting man, take advantage of who you think the better fighter is and you know where the value is. That so. Bart says, would you rank Hamayev at 185 after being GM3? Good question. Let me look at the rankings, and I'll tell you right now. All right. So at 185, ooh, tough. All right. So I kind of think these rankings are a little bit fucked up, man, because it's like Ian Heinish is number 15, but then you got guys like Brad Tavares and Omari. Well, Omari beat him, so never mind. Um it's tough because like these guys did pay their dues that are in the top 15, but I do think Himayev could beat some of these guys. So I'll say this. 
let's let Hamayev beat one of these guys, then for sure he gets ranked. And I'm down to see Hamayev fight a top 10 guy right now. So I definitely think he's up there for sure. Teron says, how did I see the Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Poirier fight going down? Um, that See, that was a fantastic fight. Um, I kind of felt like the power of Poirier might have been a little bit too much, you know? Poirier's kind of developed a style now where he's always had the power his entire career, but now he's got the volume with the power. Because you saw that output he had against both Gaethje and, um, and Max Holloway. It's insane the kind of output he had. I mean, he threw like 300 strikes against Justin Gaethje. And then against Max Holloway, the whole thing was, well, Max Max is going to have better output than Dustin. And it wasn't the case at all. So Dustin's got the power with the output. Now he's got the experience too. And I love Tony Ferguson. I'm a big fan of his as well. I kind of think that's a bad matchup for uh, Tony Ferguson. Just uh, he, he eats a little bit too many clean shots. And Dustin Poirier is not a guy you want to eat clean shots against. But Tony Ferguson's a world-class fighter. And, you know, he, he can win a fight on any given night against anyone. So... I could see it go either way, but I would personally uh, favor Dustin Poirier in that one. Kenshiro says, I had a dream Justin beats Cowboy, then beats Tony, beats a morning Habib, then beats Connor, rides off into the hillbilly sunset. Freak strength. Am I thinking it'll be true? Well, I mean, you got like half of it, right? He beat Cowboy. He beat Tony. Now we got to see uh, how he handles Habib, and, and we'll take it from there. Um, the Habib fight's going to be a real test. Uh, I saw some people in this chat sleeping on Habib's stand-up. Don't forget Habib uh, knocked Conor McGregor down, and Habib uh, put a jab clinic on Iaquinta, was throwing flying knees versus RDA and Edson. So, like, Habib's got stand-up, too. Don't sleep on that. But, yeah, I agree that Justin Gaethje, you know, hits like an absolute truck. He's also got a D1 wrestling background, so it'll be interesting to see if he can keep this fight standing. But Habib, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter what your wrestling credentials are. Habib is so fucking dominant, and uh, he's he's 28-0 and 0 for a reason. So... Is this first L time? Good question. I don't know. All right, let's see. I just spilled <laughs> odds mug. You know what I'm saying? Check out the link in the description. Make sure y'all get that. All right, let's see what else we got. My boy Robot Chicken Wing says he agrees. He agrees that Ferguson took a little bit too much damage in the Gaethje fight. Yeah, look, on one hand, what a warrior to uh to you know take the kind of shots he did on the other hand it's like is he going to come back the same did that diminish his chin at all so it it, it it was honestly kind of uncomfortable to watch at times oh man so people are going back and forth in the chat hey guy let's get the politics out of this shit man you know uh i definitely got i definitely got strong opinions on that stuff but like there's no reason to even talk about that like let's just talk about the fights you know that's what we're all here for that's one thing that we can all be united on is our love for this sport so let's talk about that you know what i mean all right so before i get out of here you guys got any more questions for me um i feel like we've covered every single fight on this card it was a hell of a card i can't wait for this next card i already have uh an underdog that uh that i like very very much on this upcoming card and uh i think he's gonna fly under the radar i think no one's gonna talk about him so i'm looking forward to this underdog and the line keeps getting better so you will see me moving on an underdog play for this upcoming card very, very soon. All right, last call for questions, and then I'm going to get out of here. I truly appreciate everybody's support. Make sure you all give me a like down below. Ken says, who do I got, Izzy or Costa? Now, why, why would I spill the beans right now when you know that uh, 
the show is coming up uh, this week. And you know we're going to give the full breakdown then. So I can't reveal any of my picks right now. But you know for a fact we're going we're gonna to hook you up uh, this this fight week uh, with a good show, cover every single car. You already know the you already know the deal. Robot Chicken Wings taking a guess that my dog is is Eubanks. Now look, I'll say this: it's not Eubanks, but I'm not saying Eubanks is not live. I, I personally haven't looked into that fight yet. I did think that uh, that those odds were kind of. Uh, I do think she might be a live dog, though. I will say that. Uh, I am kind of wondering what it's like to have you know three weight cuts in like four weeks. But yeah, I do think she's a live dog, but she's not the dog I'm referring to. So let's see what else y'all got. Dirty Mexican says Felder Dom had uh, some weird chemistry. Y'all think so? You think so, man? Um, I I couldn't really tell. Oh, he says they just countered each other during that Jessica Rose Clark fight. Oh, it's all good, man. Listen, when you got two alphas in there and they disagree on stuff, that that's how it's gonna go sometimes, you know. So I don't think it was that big of a deal. Teron says he believes Tony will take Dustin Poirier's punches, no problem. Well, listen, if they get matched up, if if you truly believe that, you should bet. Uh, Tony, because look at the end of the day, like I told you guys on the last breakdown, you know, I can give you all the information, all the facts, break down the fights, how both guys are going to win. But at the end of the day, you got to make your own decisions. You're a grown ass man. You got to you got to decide that for yourself. So if they get matched up and that's what you think and the lines ride and you feel like there's value, who am I to tell you any differently? I mean, Tony Ferguson is a world class fighter. I just think for me personally, I would take Dustin Poirier, but doesn't mean doesn't mean I'm right. No one has a hundred percent hit rate. So, yeah, man. Filthy Chicken says Ally Kinta said he let Habib hit him with jab so he can counter with a big shot. Uh, yeah, we saw how that turned out. What big shot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Habib put on put on a fucking boxing clinic against Ayakinta. Habib destroyed Ayakinta. My boy Mikal Bridges says I love fading Mara Romero Barella. I know, man. I hope they don't cut her. I hope they. I hope she sticks around so we can keep fading her. You know what I mean? Uh, Ken Shira says never bet favorites, always bet on the winner. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. You know, if you bet on the winner every time, you never lose, right? So I wish it was uh, that simple. All right. I know I keep. Oh wait, hold on. PayPal, my money says is Woodley on drugs. What kind of drugs are we talking about? Um, no, I just think he's 40 years old and, you know, father time's undefeated. And, you know, he's taken three straight beatdowns in a row. That's going to take something out of you. So I just think it was one of those cases. Troy says, if Chandler doesn't fill in versus Habib, who would you match him up with, Hooker or Oliveira? So I think he said it has to be a top five guy or he's not signing with the UFC. So, yeah, I'm down to see Hooker or Oliveira or – Ferguson or Poirier, you know, something like that. I personally got all those guys over Chandler, but yeah, if he wants to, he wants to swim right, right into the deep end and go in there with the sharks. I'm down to see that. Kenshiro says Hamza could have just fought Cowboy than Nico Price after that one hit of Gerald. Yeah, I know he could have fought them all in one night, right? All right. McCall says I love fading Mackie Patola too, man. I got Mackey's last fight right against Impa, but I got the one before that uh, with Darren Stewart wrong. I thought he was going to beat Darren Stewart, but it turns out that wasn't the case. So, hey, if you fade him, you're 3-1. and one. So, good job uh, to you, McCall. Bart says Chandler will be a USADA victim. You think so? Because I felt like he looked noticeably smaller his last few Bellator fights. So, I don't – like, I, like, like what I'm trying to say, Bart, is I didn't think that his last few fights that he was, like, really looking that jacked as it is. Um, I felt like he looked jacked like back in the day when he fought like Eddie Alvarez, but
but his last few Bellator fights, I haven't, you know, I haven't really seen him like, I haven't been like, he hasn't failed the the eye test, but the eye test doesn't mean shit. So yeah, it'll be, it'll definitely be interesting to see with the, with the USADA testing pool. Robot Chicken Wings says, I love fading Woodley. Hey, smart man. These last three fights, especially man, uh, it's been easy ass money. These last three fights, it's crazy. So we'll see what happens with that next. Bernardo says, Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez. What do you think? Hey, I like that fight a lot. You know why? Because Mackenzie's not really known for her wrestling, and wrestling has been the one big weakness for Marina Rodriguez. So maybe this is a fight that Marina can actually keep standing, and she can get off on on, uh, on her striking because she's definitely got better hands and you know better Muay Thai than uh, than Mackenzie. That's for sure. It's just you know one submission attempt again, and the fight could be over. But Mackenzie doesn't really have. The wrestling for that so i like that fight a lot bernardo i think that's a i think that's a really good fight all right guys final call and uh we're getting out of here so thank you guys so much for checking out this very special edition of after the battle on half the battle for covington versus woodley i truly appreciate it guys uh it's been a lot of fun i'll be back later this week with Shaq to break down the israel adesanya versus paulo costa card make sure y'all give me a follow give me a subscribe do the whole bit retweet my tweets everything i truly appreciate your support you know i don't have some big website backing me or you know any bullshit like we put this out ourselves like so basically i'm crowdfunded like you guys are the ones that back me the fans you know this is all for the fans no one else so you know one guy you're not going to see sell out is me so i truly appreciate everybody having my back uh it's so cool like how like i'm able to interact with y'all and i truly appreciate everybody being here talking with me it's a lot of fun you know this is a place where again uh we can get away from the bullshit you know that's going on in this world and just escape and talk about the sport that we love for a little bit and real quick my boy uh denzel curry made me laugh johnny walker and the new york times best-selling author you you already know the deal man so Eric, real quick, Eric said he wants to see Nico versus Daniel Rodriguez. I like that fight. That's a great fight uh, as well. I want to kind of see Daniel Rodriguez versus Sean Brady. I think that's a good fight. Or Sean Brady versus uh, Miguel Baeza. That's a good fight too. So listen, if you guys keep typing questions, I can go on forever. But I'm going to wrap this thing up. Again, truly appreciate it. This would not be possible without you guys. So thank you guys very, very much. Follow me at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for my plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available, Shaq and I will be back later this week to talk about Izzy versus Paulo Costa. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.